You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. There are maybe a hundred working days that are left between now and end of the year. hundred working days, days where you can actually get stuff done. And within this short hundred day span, there is an interesting idea that I want you to consider, which is to really look at everything that you have been doing and see what are some of the things that are working? What are some of the things that could be done better? And one of the most difficult things that you may be doing as a coach is prospecting something where you are engaging in dialogue with individuals that have a potential to one day be your client. It's one of the most difficult things a person can do. It's one of the most difficult things I did in my coaching business when I started. And it's one of those things that you really like doing till the time you're not thinking about doing it for your business. You love talking to people, but the moment we put the idea that you're talking to people so you can engage them in your business, that one day they could be your clients, suddenly everything falls apart. And that is where one of the most fun things to do becomes the most difficult thing to do. I see you when you feel that difficulty of reaching out and talking to people. It's also a big possibility that you have been in a career that has mostly been very easy for you to kind of get started because you had a degree, you had a qualification and you could go for a job. And because you were in a job, you felt like you had the permission to introduce yourself in a particular way. And as you introduced yourself, prospecting became easy. But right now, as the container is you being a coach, which is this obscure new profession that seems like only a few people know about, you are in this space where you have to now introduce yourself out of the container of safety. And so you may not have ever done prospecting in the way prospecting is supposed to be done for a business, for an entrepreneurial venture. So it might be something new for you. And that makes it really difficult because new is uncomfortable. And uncomfortable is difficult to do. And so maybe you are in that boat where you have never prospected and you're like, I really know I need to do this. And I really don't know how to do it. And I really don't know what to do first. I really don't know how to know if I'm doing this right or not. And that may mean that right now, as you're starting to prospect, as you're trying to make the first outreach, you feel the outcome of your result, your outcome of engagement with someone is so far out. It's so far out that you feel like, I'd rather just give up. I'd rather not even try. Because what I have to do may or may not lead to any outcome for a very long time. I so feel you in each of these spaces because I was exactly where you are a few years ago. A few years ago, as I was going out prospecting, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I have had a safe career until then. I was in jobs and I was great at the jobs that I was in and I was able to prospect for the companies that I was working for, but I had never done this for myself. I didn't know what to look for, how to handle the rejection, how to approach someone, how to really represent myself, where to approach someone, all of those real problems that you feel right now are the real problems that I was feeling as well. And so I so feel you. If you are in one of these buckets where you are confused and lost and finding it really difficult to get this party started, even if you are 
really interested in building this passion project of yours or this purposeful project of yours, this new obsession of yours called coaching. So today I wanted to explore with you, are you prospecting? And the reason why I framed this question this way is I was coaching one of my groups. This is a group of people who have already had some success as a coach. And we were looking at how they pursue prospecting and how they look at different numbers in prospecting. And we realized sometimes because of how this new business is framed, how this new journey is framed, we forget why we are prospecting and what's the purpose of prospecting and how do we know if we are prospecting well enough or we are not prospecting well enough. So I wanted to explore that idea with you because in the next 100 days, if you want to focus your attention in creating a successful coaching business for 2023 and most definitely for 2024, you want to reconsider whatever you are doing in context of prospecting. This episode should give you a new set of insights on approaching prospecting in a different way, why you should be doing it and how you should be doing it, and most importantly to know if you're actually doing what you need to be doing when it comes to prospecting. Firstly, one must understand why is prospecting even important? See, prospecting is not just a thing to do for sales of the business. Prospecting is communicating your vision, your outcome, your potential results to your client so they can be excited about what's possible for them. Prospecting is about getting people excited about themselves or about you so they can be associated or would want to be associated with what you're bringing to the world. That's what true prospecting is. Prospecting is you approaching individuals that may not become clients right now, but have a potential to be your clients in the near or far future. So very often we have found that if you prospect well today, your business has longevity because you have something that we call a prospect pipeline. A prospect pipeline is potential names, phone numbers, email addresses, contact information of individuals that one day, one day may become a potential client. They don't have to become a client today. They can become a client later. Now, every interaction that you have going forward from today onwards, I want you to not approach it as, oh, that was a good prospect. That was a bad prospect. No, everybody is a good prospect. Everybody is a potential client. So when you're interacting with an individual, you want to come from the energy that you want them to experience. So one day when they need your services, they are actually excited about talking to you. Because if that time you approach them when they need your services and you're perfectly timed somehow, what will happen is because they have a good energy recall off you and because you always exude the same energy, there's a big potential that this person will say yes to working with you. See, a prospect list is not only maintained for now, the prospect list is maintained so you can have a client all of the time. There's a reason why successful coaches have a wait list. That wait list is basically a prospect list because we are always prospecting, because we are always engaging in a dialogue that we know may lead to some kind of outstanding result for that person and for ourselves in the near or faraway future. See, once you maintain a prospect list, it could be a phone list, it could be an email list, it could be some other kind of database, whatever is the type of database you want to maintain. Now you're constantly in communication with them. You're constantly in some kind of interaction with them. It could be monthly, it could be bi-weekly. But what you're really looking for is a consistent relationship being built with a set number of individuals. They could be 30, 50, 100, 500, 5,000. But you are having a consistent engagement with these individuals. So your relationship is going further and further and further. So one day, when it is time, the client is ready to say yes. And that is what prospecting is for. 
And that's what prospecting is. Prospecting is not collecting visiting cards, which is what a lot of people think it is. It has nothing to do with that. It's not even about the size of number of people that you know. Though that helps when you're starting out because you don't really know who your client's going to be. You want to prospect as much as possible. But in time, you realize it's not about the size of the list that you have or size of the database of prospect you have, but the quality of prospects that you have. And eventually you realize the quality of prospects lead to quality of sales. So you want to maintain a high quality prospect list. If you're starting, you want to not wonder about quality. You just want to go, I want to have a prospect list. I want to have 100, 500, 5,000 people on my database that somehow are excited to receive a notification from me or has an understanding of who I am or they have some sense of who I am. When I started my coaching business, I didn't start with 5,000, I started with 100 people. So I started prospecting at events. That's how I really got started. I would go to business events and I would prospect. I would meet people who were in a particular field and they tended to be people who have a business that has related to education and was related to online education. And I would find such people and then I would work with them or discuss with them as what their business was doing, how they were doing. Once I realized that their business was between one and three million, I would further my interaction. I would exchange phone numbers. I would exchange email addresses. I would send them some stuff that I may have tested on my other clients or I would start coaching them right there if they were open to it because what I was really doing was building a prospect list. But because I had that prospect list, I was doing six figures in the first two years of my business. And more importantly, I was already starting to have a wait list. The reason why I was having a wait list is because every single time I would have an interaction that was this powerful for a client, they would go, well, that sounds interesting. Let's do a follow-up. I would do the follow-up with them and keep them interested in what I'm saying, how I'm helping, maybe even help them make some money even before they say yes to working with me or I even propose anything to them, which got them really excited and always wanting to work with me. Which is why as a coach, I was in a great place because I could always have more clients than I could handle. And that let me create such a phenomenal, successful and profitable coaching business because I was maintaining a really healthy prospect list. So having a prospect list may be the make or break between your business becoming successful this year or five years from now. Now, I do want you to understand one very important thing because this is what gets us really, really bad. It wasn't that all 150 of those clients were trying to jump at me and say, I want to work with you. But you don't need 150 clients when you are in the coaching business. You need maybe 10, especially as a business coach. I needed five clients out of 150 prospects that I was talking to. That's like 5% of that entire database. 5% of all people, all I cared to actually engage in working with me out of the entire database of prospects that I had. And this was one-on-one interaction. This wasn't me sending a bulk email to 150 people. This was me talking to 150 people. 5% of them would ever convert or would I ever want to convert into my client. I want to give this reference to you because a lot of times we think prospecting is about getting a client, right? So you go, oh, I talked to three people and uh, nobody said yes. Well, you didn't prospect enough. One of three is a really high conversion rate. You're not even looking for that. You're looking for me one of 10, one of 20 maybe. And that may be a perfectly okay prospecting to conversion list because when you are starting, you would be prospecting not in the highest quality. And even if you are prospecting in the highest quality, there are so many factors before a client says yes to a coaching contract. It's not about you, it's about them. 
A lot of the times, a client goes, well, I would love to sign with the client, but I already have a coach. A lot of times they may say no, because financially they may have made a big investment right now and they don't want to make another investment right now. They may say no, because they are going on a big holiday and they won't be able to utilize your coaching services until three months later. There are many reasons a client may say no right now. Don't attach to that no. Understand how prospecting list works. Let me give you another example. So Evercoach maintains a database of about 300,000 coaches on our email list. 300,000 people, right? This is a really big, large database. If I was to ask somebody to guess the open rate of email that I send every couple of days, really, on the database, one would imagine, oh, maybe 50%, 60%, 70%. That's the number that I usually get. You know the number of people that open our emails? 20%. That means out of 300,000 people, only 60,000 people ever open my emails for any given email. 60,000 people. There is 240,000 people that are not even opening my emails. Out of the 60,000 people, only maybe in total eight to 10,000 people actually click on the email, right? So in total, I'm engaging with 10,000 people on an email, but I'm sending it to 300,000 people. Do you see the difference of prospecting? And this is me communicating very frequently. I think I'm on one of the top in the game. I write really good emails. They're really interactive. They're really high value. They provide content. And I'm still getting only 10,000 people out of 300,000 on any given email engaging back with me. Suddenly, this puts in perspective on your prospecting numbers. When you are thinking about prospecting three people, five people, 10 people, you're not really prospecting. You're just getting started. You're prospecting when you prospect 100 people, 200 people, 500 people. Then you really know if people are saying yes or people are not saying yes to you. Then you really know if it's working or it's not working. You are judging your prospecting way too early in the game. And honestly, now it's of course clear to me because I see these emails every day. But early on in my career, once I had done a little bit of coaching, I had a model of creating success for businesses. And I used to call that model the multiplier method. And so I said, well, I have a model. I know how to build a program. Like I had done that before for other companies and businesses. I was like, I know how to build great programs. So I can build a great program that a business can do it by themselves. So I could help even more businesses that were maybe not at the level of one to five million or one to three million, but they are probably in six figures, but it would help them. So I said, okay, let me produce this program. So I make this effort. I create this program called the multiplier method. I produce it, I release it. I was like, all right, I'm going to keep it really cheap. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a thousand bucks. It was a eight week program. And I was like, okay, let me release this to the world. And I was super excited because I thought hundreds and thousands of people are going to get benefited from this program. And I send this program out on the email database. I had a small one at the time. And I send it out and I say, hey, listen, I produced this program. It's great for businesses. You will love it. I send it out to the world. And nobody bought. Absolutely nobody bought. And like, this is me already helping businesses sell products and programs. And my own program, I wasn't able to sell at a thousand bucks. It wasn't very expensive. So I said, okay, my prospecting is not working. Whoever is in the prospect list, my understanding of them or their ability to pay is flawed. And so immediately I said, okay, I'm going to drop the price of the program to $300. Now I got 50 sales out of that, right? So I was able to generate some clientele by dropping the price to 30%. So the reason why I tell you this story is so you understand that these kind of failures are normal when you're prospecting. When you reach out, you pitch something and you communicate an idea to the person and the person goes, oh no, it's not worth it, right? It not, it's not worth it because of price, because of maybe the positioning, maybe because they don't trust you enough. It could be many different reasons for somebody to say no to that offer 
But that doesn't mean that you give up on the offer. You keep going on the offer. You try to figure out what may be the reason why a person's not making the decision to say yes to it. So I went from an offer of $1,000 to $300 in a matter of three days because I realized that the prospect list that I was maintaining is not excited about my $1,000 offer. They were excited about something else. And coincidentally, I happened to find that after doing a quick survey with a couple of people that were on my list that I knew were on my list by calling them and saying, why are you not taking action? And realized that they don't trust the product enough or trust me enough to build a product. That would be worth $1,000 at that time. Now, this is like, eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. I had just started in the business. And so I realized, I learned, I tweaked, and I moved on from it. And that might happen for you too as you're prospecting, which is why you talking to your prospect is very important. Because if you don't talk to your prospect, if I didn't talk to my prospect at that time, what would happen is I would think nobody wants to buy a product with me. That wasn't true. They were just not convinced on the price point of the product with me at the time. Now today I sell products worth four, five thousand, seven, ten thousand very easily. And people buy all the time. People love to be in my community. The way I coach, the way I deliver results, it's absolutely amazing. And I know I can really help people a lot more. And I know I have better systems. People know I have better systems. So there's a trust in exchange of that dollar value now. But at that time, it wasn't there. And at that time, that product is not nearly as good as what I would make today as well. So I want you to reconsider how you're doing prospecting. Prospecting is not about your emotional state. What are the numbers that you're tracking? that will tell you if you have prospected enough or you haven't prospected enough. And know that right now, depending on the stage you are at, but I'm assuming most of you are either hitting your six figures or about to hit six figures or want to hit six figures, that tends to be majority of our community. You want to think about every conversation as a prospect list conversation. You want to get every person that you talk to to become a prospect for you. The more prospects you have, the bigger your list of prospects that you have, the bigger your business will become, the faster it will grow. Now, why prospecting is a problem for a seasoned or a new coach is because a lot of the times we think if I talk to two to three people a day, I have done a lot, right? I've done a lot of prospecting. I met two to three people a day, but that's just not how prospecting works. Prospecting is about a lot more volume. You could do two to three people and yes, it would work over time, but if you prospect 10 people a day or 70 people a week, you have a greater possibility of enrolling clients at a higher rate. And so you want to ask certain questions to yourself. You want to ask, hey, how many people am I talking to every day? What is too many and too little? How many people I want to prospect every day? And no answer is right or wrong. It just defines the pace of building of your business, right? You prospect more, your business gets built faster. You prospect slower, your business gets built slower. But you want to at least try to do five to seven people a day. That's how you're on average it should come out to. So it might be that you go to an event and prospect 50 people there and that's how you do the quota of the entire week. That's okay by me. But you want to at least try and prospect four or five people every single day. That's what I would suggest should be a minimum number. But you want to ask yourself, okay, maybe I don't have that capacity because let's say you have a full-time job or you have a part-time job. So you can't prospect 50 people in a week. So that's okay. But how many can you? So we can actually know that there's a number that you're chasing. There's a number that you associate with, that's good prospecting, right? Then I want you to really ask, what was the intent of my conversation with people? How am I opening a dialogue? What am I saying? How am I directing the conversation to be related to what I do as a coach? See, a lot of the times I've seen coaches because they don't think about these things. They approach every conversation as just a conversation. And it is, yes, just a conversation, but if you don't have an intent you will never direct the conversation where you are able to express that you are a business coach. 
that you are a life coach, that you are a health coach, or even better, that you are able to help people with certain types of problems. If you don't have that intent, you're not going to direct that conversation. If you don't direct that conversation, at the end of the conversation, the person that you interacted with will just know you as a cool person. They don't know you as a coach. They don't know that you can help them. They have no recall of why they should remember you. But if you make this conversation a little bit more intentional, there's a much significantly bigger possibility that this person one day can become your client. Now you're going to run into emotion and the most primary emotion that that happens is fear of rejection. And as you lean into starting to prospect a little bit better and lean into this idea of prospecting in higher volumes, you would go, but what if they reject me? What if they don't accept my prospecting? What if they think I am a sleazebag? Or whatever that story is that you've told yourself until now and emotions are gonna come up because we don't wanna be rejected as human beings. So I invite you to reframe what's really happening when you are having a conversation with the prospect. When you're having a conversation with the prospect, it's not about them accepting you. It's about them accepting themselves, them accepting that they may have a problem, them accepting or rejecting that their reality can change. I want you to try and reframe your emotions around fear of rejection to really thinking about your client more than thinking about yourself. See, when we start to think about the person across the table instead of us, we become a more giving person. We want to contribute. We want to serve. We're not thinking about ourselves. We think about the person, right? A great way to think about it is, let's say there was a house in front of you that was on fire and you really knew how to save somebody in fire. Would you just run straight out to go help them or not? You would, right? Let's say it was a baby. You would, if you, especially if you knew how to help them. Especially if you knew how to tackle fire, if you had the skill. It's the same that is for coaching. You are helping somebody deal with their internal fire, the fire that they may be burning in because of their mindset, because of their habits, because of their situations in life. You are a firefighter going into that fire, helping them out. Now, you don't care about if they reject you suddenly, do you? You think about, hey, but I'm going to try and save them from the fire that they're in. You're not thinking about the baby that is on fire. Will they reject you when they catch them? You don't care, you wanna save the baby. That's how you wanna approach it. It's not about you getting rejected. It's about you helping someone. So I want you to think about how and what can you tell yourself to get yourself out of this emotional state where you feel that you will be rejected and instead lean into state of contribution. Because that's what you're really trying to do as a coach, is you're trying to contribute to somebody else's life, to somebody else's reality. The second thing that I see some coaches do is they bring their story around their mindset of saying, oh, I've already talked to so many people. Are you really talking to so many people? Have you really talked to so many people? Do you maintain a prospect lift of 150 to 200 people, at least? Maybe even 250, maybe 500 people, maybe 5,000 people? Are you talking to them consistently? Are you sending them emails or text messages or something that informs them that you exist, that you do, and that you can help? Are you really engaging with what you call the prospect list or it's just a set of visiting cards that are sitting on your table? See, you have access to a lot of people that really could be helped by you, but you're not talking to them. You're not telling them that you can help them. So you are keeping yourself a secret. I invite you to look at that mindset and see how you can reframe it. Now this week, I am enrolling into probably one of my best programs ever, which is called Your First 2K. And I really wanna invite you to look at that program and give it a consideration, especially if you struggle with prospecting, if you struggle with getting your first client, if you're struggling to get to your next client, if you're struggling to hit your first 50,000 in income, first 30,000 income, heck, if you're struggling to make your first 2,000 income. 
There's a six-week challenge that we do together. And I take you into much, much, much deeper ways, not only in the area of prospecting, but also in the area of enrollment, how to handle objections, how to really get a person from interest to enrollment. My intention in these six weeks is to reframe, firstly, your mindset, and then be able to take you to actually get your first client. Because I know once I get you your first client, you'll find it so much easier to get your next client and next client and next client, the next client, and eventually you will make whatever's the goal that you have of income from coaching itself. That's my intention behind the program. I want more successful coaches in my ecosystem, more individuals who are creating the change they have always wanted to create, and I want them to do it this year. I want to make these last few months of the year really, really powerful for you, really, really successful for you, which is why I've created this live program. So you get some training material, but we work every week for about 90 minutes together on a live call as well, getting you out of the state that stops you, getting you in the state that is more powerful, and then helping you have exact tools, systems, strategies to be able to make your first $2,000. So if this is something that resonates with you, if you're looking to get that success this year, I really, really encourage you to look at this program. The link will be in the show notes. Now, while your first 2K would be a phenomenal program, I still want to give you a framework to think right away so you can lean into prospects a little bit better. The first question I have for you is, what are you thinking when you are about to prospect? Is this an empowering thought or a disempowering thought? Because like we see ourselves, and I'm sure this happens to you when every time on a live call when I ask this question, I've had students say, I'm usually nervous. I am usually fearful. Usually I don't know what I'm feeling. Usually I'm not present to it. And that is all a disempowering state. When you're in a disempowering state, do you think you can have an empowering conversation? No. So of course, prospecting feels really shitty because you are operating from a disempowering state. And when you are feeling shitty, you get shitty results. And when you get shitty results, you think prospecting is just a shitty thing to do. The other day I was on a podcast and on the podcast, the the interviewer asked me a simple question, said, Ajit, how do you prepare yourself when you're about to speak in front of hundreds and thousands of people? Now I've spoken in front of 2,000 people, 1,000 people, hundreds of people. And he's like, how do you prepare yourself? I was like, well, I don't have to prepare myself because I've always aspired to be speaking in front of them. And then he goes, well, people say they get nervous and they get frantic and, you know, they try to calm themselves down. I was like, no, I don't have any of those feelings because I'm in an empowered state. I always visualized that I will be engaging with thousands of people at the same time. And if I believe that this is my manifestation that just came true, why would I be nervous? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I am ready to serve. I'm ready to connect. My soul is ready to speak to their soul. And that's how you want to feel when you're about to prospect. This has been your dream. You want to help people. You're just about to help someone. Why would you have an emotion and a feeling of nervousness and feeling of, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. It's not about any of that. This is your manifestation coming true. You always wanted to serve people. You are in front of somebody that you could serve. Get into the more empowering state. Find out what that empowering state feels like. What are the thoughts you should be thinking? So when you speak to this soul that is in front of you, your soul connects to theirs and that you serve them, that you empower them, that it's a beautiful experience, that there is no fear, that there is no tension, there is no concern of rejection because you're not doing all that bullshit. You are in service as a soul and you're going to serve with your heart out. Which brings me to the second question. Have you ever wondered how do you want the person to feel when they are speaking with you? What's the feeling you want them to have? 
Because once you lean into them and the feeling they should have, you will realize it really changes your state. When I'm about to prospect, when I am about to go on a stage, I'm not thinking about my feelings. I'm thinking about what do I want those people that are listening to me or the conversation I'm having with them? What do I want them to feel? I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel smart. I want them to feel that they are in control of their life, that they can change, that there is a possibility. I want to give them the personal power that they have lost. Oh, that's what I want them to feel. When I'm trying to get somebody to feel that, do you feel I'm thinking about, oh, what if they reject me? No, nobody feels like that then. What do you feel? Do you think I feel the fear of rejection when I'm trying to help somebody find their personal power? No, I am feeling elated. I'm feeling excited. I'm getting curious on how I would get there. So those are all feelings that are helpful to me. And because I've externalized and I've made it about them, I'm not thinking about the sabotaging thoughts that may appear to me. Right? So I want you to inquire, how do you want the person to feel that you're about to talk to? The third question is, what are the two or three positive outcomes a prospect can experience as this conversation continues with them? See, when you think about these questions, it just changes the way you're approaching the whole situation because suddenly you're not thinking about what is it in it for me. You're thinking about what is it that is in it for them. And when you're thinking about them, your state is more of service. Your state is more of contribution. It really changes everything that you do next. So I would really want you to inquire one of these three questions, or all of these three questions, which is, what are you thinking when you're about to prospect? Is this an empowering thought or a disempowering thought? I want you to really inquire is how do you want them to feel after speaking with you? And I really want you to think about what are the two or three positive outcomes that you can potentially help your client get in that conversation that you're about to have with them. See, whatever is your personal energy that you emit is going to determine how that conversation goes. Like anything in life, like if you've really considered anything in life, if your energy is unconfident, if your energy is doubtful, if your energy is fearful, you're never really going to be able to get a good outcome out of anyone or about from anything really. But if your energy is elated, excited, curious, interested, you're more likely to have a better outcome. So firstly, I really want you to be mindful of what your personal state is when you are engaging with someone. Secondly, I want you to remember that your belief in that you are indeed helping your prospect will change what you say and how you show up. And the way it changes will change the outcome that will happen of this conversation. I also want you to remember that if you approach a person with the intent to help, it changes the conversation completely. Don't approach the person with the intent to enroll. Approach the person with the intent to help. And you would approach it differently, they would hear it differently, they will understand it differently, they will receive it differently. And with all of those state changes, prospecting becomes so much easier. Now, I want to answer some of the questions that come up when people do think about prospecting. I want to quickly touch on those. Like, for example, how do I know if I'm prospecting enough? Well, a very simple measure is do you maintain a prospect list of 150, 200 people at least? This is a minimum number that you need as a coach for you to feel like you can transition to a decent sized career. 150, 200 is a minimum amount of prospect list that you want to maintain. If you have 2,000, better. If you have 20,000, even better. So more prospect doesn't really hurt you. It only creates a wait list for you, which is amazing. It's always amazing to be a coach who has a waiting list of clients than a coach who has to struggle to get clients. So more prospects is better for business. The second question that very often I get is, when should I stop prospecting? Never. You never stop prospecting. You're always in conversation. You should always be prospecting till the time you want to pursue this career in this particular way. For that matter, even if your career changes, so say, for example, 
from coaching, you switch to, well, now I want to be a creator or a course creator, or I want to be a speaker, or you are doing a transition, I want to write a book, I want to be an author. Well, these prospects are great to have when you switch careers too, because then you have an interested set of people, curious set of people who want to know more of what you are talking about, who are more interested in you. So you never really stop prospecting unless you feel exhausted by it. There's nothing that destroys a business than you feeling that your business is not fun, that you feeling your business is work, that you feeling that it's too hard to do. Because anything that's hard, it's very easy to give up. It's very easy to give up, especially in society that we live in. Things are easy. You can get a job fairly easily today. A job that takes care of your bills or takes care of some of your bills, if not all of them. And because of those reasons, you want to be excited about your business. You want to be pumped about your business. You want to know that you're doing things that are fun, exciting, and interesting, and curious, and things that really fire you up. And so don't make your business boring. Don't make yourself hate your business. Keep loving your business by keeping it fun, light, and easy. And know that loving your business is a lot about how you see your business, how your mentality is around your business, how your psychology is around business. So to quickly recap, prospecting is the key to success in all businesses. Prospecting is about them. It's not about you. And there's never a time you stop prospecting. You're always prospecting. Now with that, I want to ask you a favor. If this episode was valuable to you, if this episode is something that you feel a friend can really use a listen to, I really invite you to click that share button and share it with your friend. If you loved what we talked about today, I would really love that rating that you've been holding on to. I would love for you to go on to whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. Go and give me a rating. Go ahead and share it with a friend and go ahead and write me a review. That will be also super helpful. And if you haven't, for some reason, not subscribed to this podcast, because we have a lot less subscribers compared to the number of people that actually listen to this podcast. So we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button so you can get a notification every time we post a new episode. And with that, I'm going to wrap for the day. Thank you so much for joining in in this conversation with me. This is Coach Ajit, and you're listening to Master Coaching with Ajit.